0: Welcome to another episode of the Potato Files. I am uh, your host, Jeff Paul, also known as the Human Potato of Comedy. Not a uh, nickname I gave myself, obviously, but, um, you know, I'm rolling with it. What are you going to do? Our guest today is a goddamn fucking legend. Um, he's done it all. He's uh, He's been around the block a few times. I want you to uh, welcome I don't know how you're going to welcome him, but uh, Tim Steves is here with us. How are you oh, doing today, Timmy? Thank, thank you,
1: Jeff. <laughs> no, Potato wouldn't have been your first choice. No, no,
0: no You, no, you no. were going to
1: go with Shooter or something <laughs> like that. I would have loved Shooter. Gunner? <laughs> gunner. i, I I'd be a good gunner. <laughs> so, I, potato. Yeah,
0: my uh, my nickname uh, that I got in high school, which uh, still I'm known back home as uh, is Uter, Uter. Yeah, and he's that uh, little fat foreign exchange student from The Simpsons. Oh, right. Yeah, I got a belly full of
1: chocolate. Ooder, yeah. 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 Don't... Can you do the voice? Can um, you do Uter?
0: I, don't, I, don't, I haven't done it in a while. I could probably try to be like, don't make me run, I'm all full of chocolate. <laughs>
1: that's terrible. <laughs> I begged you to look at mine first. I begged you. Voices aren't potatoes first I, I'm thing. Not, uh, I'm not an impressionist. <laughs> I, I do a good Dan Guyry, though.
0: Right. Oh, that's funny.
1: <laughs> that's solid. Wait,
0: I there. work on that one for the in the bedroom for Kira so, um, welcome, man. This hey, is uh, thanks, man. We are in the Never Sleeps Network Studios. Not, uh, not a bad little place, it's, eh?
1: it's a nice It's a nice vibe. In it's it. a nice vibe. We got a nice view. Yeah, um, the people are in the traffic out there. Yeah,
0: yes. Okay. I don't know how
1: people do that every day.
0: My commute's like half hour to 40 minutes every day yeah. up to CTV out in Scarborough. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I still want to kill myself. Yeah, it's but tough. I, I don't leave. Uh, probably, whatever. Nobody listens to this at my work. But I, uh, today, I left, I left my house five minutes after I was supposed to be at work, and it's still a... Nice forty minute drive. to get- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I have um, pretty much checked out of there. Um, <laughs> you're a ghost at yeah, that place un- until they stop uh, sending me a paycheck. I'm gonna keep showing up and right. It's an uh, office just- space
1: situation. Oh, it, it totally is, man.
0: It uh, fuck. I mail it in, and I don't really yeah. care anymore. My boss knows I don't care. I I do what I have to do, and you're
1: not you're not, you're not keeping any secrets about it. No, I don't give a shit. Your
0: cards are face up. I, I had, I've had times where I'm meeting friends after work, and I'm like, I just got to go home and put something nice on. <laughs> but it's TV, man. You you work in TV. You don't. Uh, you're not dressing it up. No. Unless you're in front of the camera, who gives a shit what you look like?
1: No, that's not about. It's just about getting the rock up the hill. That's
0: exactly. All right. So let's uh, let's get started. You are uh, you're an East Coaster mm. or New, New Brunswick,
1: right? New Brunswick. That's East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The drive through province, <laughs> you- <laughs>
0: Magnetic Hill, Reversing Falls.
1: Yes. Nice. We're, you we're- have to stop for at least one tank of gas on the way to Nova Scotia or <laughs> PEI, you fuckers. Where well, abouts in New Brunswick? Sussex. Sussex. Born and raised. Yeah, born in Moncton, but raised. You know, grew up in Sussex.
0: Okay, and you uh, you never left until you until Until you really left
1: until I graduated high school. Got through high school. Okay, cool, cool. uh, You know, yeah. What was uh, lots of fun memories growing up back there. I loved small town life. Yeah, I I miss. I I miss a lot of aspects of it.
0: Now that I'm grown up, I uh, I like going back to my small town. Yeah. Like, growing up there, you're like, what, this is fucking boring.
1: Well, it can be hard, right? Because you know everyone, and so you, it's kind of clicky, obviously, Mm -hmm. and you know, you're, you're gonna have to fight at the drive-in sometimes and shit like that. You know, it can be, it can be
0: rugged, you know. Wow, you had a (laughs) drive-in? Yeah, we had a drive-in. It was sweet. Drive-in
1: was awesome. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I miss some aspects of small town life. My brother lives there with his family, and, uh, I'm envious of, like I say some parts of it. Mm-hmm. Other other parts I I would sort of go stir crazy. It's like I I don't think I could live there. Well, well all, now, the, all the time I, anymore. Cause. I grew up uh
0: other side of the lake, not on the lake. I've I've brought you down there before. Yeah. Um and growing up, you just you, there's nothing to do for a kid, but now that I'm an, like right. an older man, yeah. and like a perfect place to bring a girl, like right, go have like, some wine. Yeah, take an hour right. drive around the lake and uh yeah you're in a beautiful little spot. Uh what's uh what's life grown up? Like uh
1: what did your parents do? Well, uh mom was an x-ray technician. Okay. And uh dad was an accountant more or less, knocked around different accounting gigs and okay. uh but mostly was raised by mom. Yeah. Um were they st- where they they, they, I, they, they got I, separated when I was like, you know, 13, 14. So perfect. Yeah, that's That's the I, perfect I sand in the oyster to become a comic. Right? Yeah, right. and right. then it's uh you're
0: a shitty teenager, just playing them off oh, each other.
1: I was terrible. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I, was I was bad at was, playing them. A, off. I I put my mom through hell. <laughs> you know, because, she gets mad. You go fucking Well, run You to know, dad. it's like they put me through hell. So then, it's a little tit for tat after a while. Was it right? a happy household growing up? Oh yeah, like yeah, mostly it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no- I mean, I mean, when they were still together, there was a lot of arguing and shit. Right? Yeah. Well, and that- then, then when they separated, it it was it wasn't bad. You know, mom did a great job of raising us, me and my brother, and. Uh, <laughs> Am I- yeah, everybody everybody landed on their feet pretty good.
0: My home was very miserable when I was a child. And right. And then it's things didn't get good until they broke up. Right. And then you're like, oh okay, now there's some peace. Yeah, there's some peace. No more yelling shit like that. Right. Right. But um what about uh they any religion in the household or
1: Well, Catholics, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, kinda fair weather Catholics. A little bit, right? Not my grandmother; she was there every Sunday, and and my mom and her sisters—they go quite a. They, they're pretty, they're pretty, you know, into it. My grandma's still there every but Sunday. None of the men in the family ever went to church. We'd go for funerals and weddings, and mm-hmm. or I'd go with my grandmother once in a while just because I knew how much she loved that. So I'd go to a midnight mass with her at Christmas or something.
0: I—that's the only time I'd ever go to church. I that. always
1: felt bad going to midnight mass at Christmas because I'm taking up a seat of somebody that goes. All the time, right? The last time my family
0: went to midnight mass was uh, my dad and my dad had. There's five boys in their family, mm-hmm. and they got fucking shit canned one year. And then they all went to midnight mass, and church is full, so they fucking they crashed the
1: midnight mass.
0: No, they go and uh, they, they went into the confessional booth at the back of the church, shut the door, and they were just back and they probably like snuck booze in shit like that. And they're just having a party, and, and the no, confessional, yeah, no, and nobody like. They weren't disruptive enough to disrupt the priest at the front of the church, mm. but like everybody in the disruptive church knew something the, was going on in there. Up. Right. And then, um, and then so after mass ended, nobody left. They wanted to see who came stumbling out of there, and then it was my dad and his brothers, and my grandma just lost her shit. That's
1: hilarious. And that was the last
0: time the family went to midnight mass. That is great. And then we got switched to five o'clock. Yeah, you guys
1: are going to five. Yeah, and then I, the
0: early show for you guys. Yeah, I would show up. Uh, I would show up about ten to six, <laughs> and I would just. Uh, I communion no just no, show up no. For communion yeah. and just give me a wafer and i'm out of here. no sometimes i wouldn't even go in i would wait by the I get away for takeout i'd get
1: like a take <laughs> little a little takeout bag I'll take this to go thank you. <laughs> you get this to put in your mouth no 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 No, i'm gonna i'll do it at home i'll bless myself when i get I back to the house the
0: church gave you like a, a potato chip that'd be great like a pringle the father a pringle would be
1: good Reese is just up there giving out pringles i'd go to every week who makes the first? Do you know anything about that? No, I there don't There must know. be a company like Nabisco on the edge of town that's I, banging those things out. I was an altar
0: boy, and they would come in in boxes, and right. then in the box was individual bags, like packets, and there was like, I guess... Hundreds of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, in one yeah, bag. And, right. There'd be enough for a mass, I guess, in each bag.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was the idea. Right, right. So...
1: Yeah, somebody must be making a killing on those. <laughs> 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 the, get, wa- the wafer game. Got to get into that business. Somebody, that's a good Netflix documentary. You, you could get
0: in there and just big wafers. Add, add a touch of salt and like beat the competition. <laughs> I'm like, oh my come God. In, this come nice in with flavor? a
1: little guac. <laughs> <laughs> Chip and dip. <laughs> you come to the front of the line with just a tiny bowl of guac.
0: Guac of Christ. Amen. Guac of Christ. Oh, of
1: Christ.
0: <laughs> oh that's great. So, uh, what do you like as a kid? You a little rap scallion? We ran the roads, you know. How many brothers you got? One,
1: one, one brother, one, one little brother. Just and he was him? he was fucking terrible for running the roads, yeah. man. <laughs> like as bad as I was, he really upped the bar because he his crazy friends. Holy jeez, man they they got up to no good good a lot. Like some of the stories I've heard since we've grown up are just like what yeah. you
0: crazy. I like that. Like now. I can bring out stories for my old man that like he had no idea the shit that I was getting away with, but now he can't punish me. Right. So I like, I, I tell him all oh, one time and he's just like shaking his head. Like, how the hell did you get away with that? You yeah.
1: Know? I threw a party at the house once. Mom went to Moncton for the weekend and I threw a party at the the house that was like out of a movie where the entire fucking town came. The, everybody from everybody under 30 in the entire town came to that party. I, there had to be 200 people in Mum's house yeah it was just like out of a movie Though they didn't put their fists through the walls and shit no mm-hmm. great physical damage to the house but you want to talk about a tornado though and through the place right so my grandfather and a couple of Mum's brothers a couple of them, uncle dave and uncle travis i think they came down and they busted it up and kicked everybody out and dragged my drunk ass i think i was only 16 and <laughs> nan was some disappointed to see hammered 16 year old <laughs> timmy coming in and they threw me to bed and the, and the plan was just see up the house and let Sandra see it and let's just let's just let Sandra see what that little bugger did right so and M- Murray my grandfather he was especially just happy to get me he was gonna stick it to me this time <laughs> Sandra's gonna see what the hell's going on with this little son of a bitch you know and uh my little brother, uh, who's only eleven years old, got a couple of his buddies together. and They went down and they just they just cleaned, cleaned it the whole all up. They cleaned the whole place to a spit shine. <laughs> so when mom, mom gets back from Moncton and 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 they're all excited to give her the tour of disaster, <laughs> and she couldn't find a single fucking beer cap in that place. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's good.
0: I uh, I would let my brothers uh, kind of get thrown under the bus. You
1: no, know, this was one of those times where my brother uh, my my brother just didn't like to see Gramp being so arrogant about how he was going to put it on me. And and after a while, Danny just said, you know what, fuck you, you old bugger. I'm going to go down there and fix this.
0: How much older are you than your brother? Five years. Five years, yeah. that's My oldest brother is five years older than me Then I got a brother who's like two years older than me.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. And your 11-year-old brother does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm, I'm only 16, and I'm sure I wasn't the best big brother to have. So for him to do that, that really brought us a little closer together.
0: My oldest brother, he came home I was at a party going on. I think I was high on acid, too. Just fucking shits out of control. Yeah. And uh, he came and started kicking everybody out. And I was like, fuck this. I think I went and got a bat. I was going to go fucking smash him with a bat. And I didn't even get a swing out. He just grabbed my head, smashed it against the wall. I was KO'd. (laughs) Woke up. The place was empty. (laughs) You play sports growing up?
1: Oh yeah. 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 I played hockey. all uh, no, I played basketball and uh yeah, soccer and volleyball. You know, I I I liked hockey as a kid, but it really came down to hockey's 6 in the fucking morning. Yeah, yeah. on Sunday and and basketball's after school. Mm-hmm. and so when I was in grade seven that was and we practiced after the girls. Was there yeah. organized leagues? <laughs> oh yeah, sure yeah. I played I played high school basketball and junior high basketball. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. By there the time we were, were when I was in uh, Sussex High it was, we were double A and we won double uh, A provincial championships a couple times and then uh, since then they've moved up to triple A and they've won championships at triple A so it's been an amazing program over the years. Like when I started playing ball in grade seven we were basically a hockey town and mm-hmm. we were hockey dynasty town kind of thing and then and by the time I graduated high school, six or seven years later, we were kind of getting to be known as a basketball powerhouse. And since then, we've just the whole gym is just covered in championship really? banners. Yeah, it's really cool. Nice. Yeah, like, there wasn't.
0: I don't think there was much basketball going on in my town, but I wasn't interested in it, so I probably just
1: wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: I was a, I was a lacrosse. Kid. It
1: helped me get through school. Because I was definitely right on the fence of hanging out with the wrong crowd half the time and stuff. So when I get into varsity sports really, mm-hmm. really helps a lot. And then and then after that, got into theater, got into the drama deal and started being in all the plays. And so by then, there's no time to really get in too much shit. My timeline was
0: I was in the drama stuff. When I was really young, like uh, mm-hmm. I remember, I think grade four,
1: I stole the uh, Christmas pageant one year. <laughs> right, just, that's that, my first thing was a Christmas pageant. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. and then oh, um, Christmas,
1: I was the Christmas angel.
0: Grade five, I uh, we we used to have a drama class at grade five. I remember, and we'd do sketches, and uh, it was the first time I'd ever start writing sketch. Sometimes I just. just from Saturday Night Live, too, because right. I was fucking 11 I remember years old. We
1: did, my buddy Ron and I co-hosted a variety show one time. We wrote some original jokes that we couldn't believe how well they worked. <laughs> and they were so obvious. Like, I remember uh, Thriller was out. Yeah, and Michael said, "Remember in the in, I think at the beginning of the video, he says I'm not like other boys," and uh, we did that in the in seeing it. And then Ron said, "Remember, Michael says he's not like other boys," and I go, "Yeah, no shit." And that, and that that got like the hugest fucking ovation, like from a high school. You know what I mean? Like you're just yeah, yeah. not ready. For, like I was. That was the first time I ever remember conceiving a joke it's not a good joke mm-hmm. i mean pff, it's just a toss away or whatever <laughs> but, but getting that laugh but, but get, getting the explosion laugh on it uh, because also you're saying shit at school it's edgy but it's not so bad that you're going to get the red flag thrown at you right the mm-hmm. like, teachers probably rolled their eyes a little bit that little smart ass but it's not enough to shut you down yeah, yeah right yeah. i'm not going to drop an f sharp but <laughs> <laughs> but no shit it just it just killed to the point where I remember feeling like, oh, that's I like that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I always like to get a laugh. But that was the first time where it's like 200 people are in front of me. Mm-hmm. And- Were you the class clown? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah smart ass, you know. Sure. It's fun, though, eh?
0: Yeah, yeah. I miss it.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I miss
0: zero responsibility. I remember being a kid thinking all I want to do is grow up, and now I'm just like, fuck, I would just... I got a we, we got to be a kid again.
1: <laughs> we got a letter at Mercer at the Mercer Report, an email addressed to the Mercer Report, and it was from one of my old teachers, my grade okay. eight my grade eight Teacher Mr. Bossy, nice Norm Bossy, and he's uh, he's got some position in the government. I don't know when it, he's in. Some, anyway, but he wrote a long letter about how I was such a little bastard in school, <laughs> and it's nice to see that I've landed on my feet or whatever. Right? But he but he said, yeah, I, I'm sure Tim's uh, uh, lack of ability in my French class hasn't hurt him in his comedy <laughs> career.
0: Probably. <laughs> I um I've been wanting to reach out to my. He was my grade four teacher. Then again, he was my grade eight teacher. And I've been wanting to reach out to him and just be like, hey, man, just let you know I'm still alive, you know? Yeah. Like he, I don't think he had much hope for me, but... Um, I think they dig that, teachers. Yeah when, yeah, when you
1: look them up and say, hey, thanks, you know?
0: But I, I didn't find out till, uh, like, this This guy roughed me up one time. I was like... Jeez. I was like grade five. He was like... Oh, maybe that's that,
1: why you want to reach out.
0: Yeah, I remember, but he was Fucking like pushing Britain. me. But this guy, I think he was like 5'2". So I think now I would tower over him. I'm not even a tall guy. Right. But... Um, he, uh, yeah, I remember he was like pushing me and he was like threatening, he was like threatening to push me into this garbage can. He's like, You're a piece of trash. I'm going to put you in that. And I, I went home, and I told my dad what happened, and uh, my dad's uh, got a little short fuse on him. Right. And I didn't find out till years later, my dad went down there and fucking, like... Straightened him
1: out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorted his hash. Yeah, yeah. As
0: and they say. Uh, and uh, that guy never, uh, never never said boo to me after no, that. No, I wouldn't think. But I didn't, I didn't realize that
1: that's, you know... Oh, yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing that can happen. My old
0: man, he... um, They call him... They're guidance counselors now. They're back in uh right. back in my dad's day they called them opportunities teachers. Huh. And um and uh this That guy, sounds like a scam. Yeah, yeah. Opportunities it was, teachers? Uh, yeah. Well I don't I only know they call them that because my dad uh this guy tried to uh tried to come on to my dad in his office one time and, in high school. Like tried to fucking right. diddle my dad and my dad kicked the living shit out of him <laughs> and nothing was ever said about it like i didn't go to the principal or anything and uh, my dad's nickname after that became oppo and then uh then it just got passed on to his uh younger brother who was still known as oppo huh. and it was because my dad beat up the
1: opportunities teacher I and give you an opportunity uh were you a scrapper growing up well, you sort of had to be sometimes, but not really. Yeah. No, not really. But I, you, you have to fight sometimes in a small town if you're not going to get to hang out at the dance. Right? Mm-hmm. So, what, So, you know. What yeah, about uh, you ever have to stick up for the little brother? No, he kicked the shit out of anyone who needed it. Yeah. And also, he ran with a tough crowd. He ran with Ira McComb and the boys. And Ira, Ira went on to become like a light heavyweight fucking boxing champ of Jesus. the Maritimes, I think. Um, so Danny ran around with a pretty rough crowd. So they nobody tangled with them. They used to fuck with people so bad that people ten years older than them would be trying to kill them because they did some <laughs> prank or something. I remember one time they threw a bunch of rotten, or a bunch of rotten fruit off the train bridge, and and they they smoked the wrong guy's truck, and that, that fucking redneck chased them around all fucking night. When they had the chainsaw going, and just you know, I remember we uh, egged a car
0: when we were teenagers, and the guy who we egged, we knew who he was and he. Like, he chased us down in this little valley we used to hide in. Yeah. I remember I was hiding in the bushes, and I was like, oh, shit, it's Donnie. Yeah. And he's just, he's like, yeah, the wrong fucking car, Jeff. <laughs> and yeah. like knew me by name. I'm just like, I'm not getting out of these bushes. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I remember the, the Danny and those guys, when they were kids, they used to mess with the, uh, there's a uh, Bible college in Sussex. Bethany Bible College is in Sussex, right? And uh, Danny and the boys used to fuck with those, with all the Bible college students <laughs> and get them chasing them. But they would get them to chase them through the fucking woods that danny and those guys just knew like the back of their head and yeah. they booby trap the fucking woods Jesus. with a bunch of like holes and then they oh. dig holes and put leaves over the holes oh. and shit and then go sprinting in and and and, and, yeah. and walk and get around those and then the fucking bible college kids would start break, breaking, breaking legs ankles and, shit. and stuff yeah. <laughs> little
0: fuckers man yeah but you were uh, you were you weren't a little uh
1: little shit Not as bad as those guys. You know, like I said, now that we're all grown and we're talking about the old days all the time, it's like, uh, holy shit, they were way worse than us. Well, I was the
0: youngest, and I'm pretty sure I was the the one getting in the most trouble
1: yeah for some reason it seems like like as the older one you you sort of have to blaze a little trail and then then the younger one goes oh i can do better than that (laughs) 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 staying out late and getting drunk i'll double down on that uh you still close with your brother oh yeah yeah very much so yeah
0: and he's he's living out there
1: yeah wife and kids yeah he's got a couple of kids and nice fucking spot out in the out in the country you know he's about five minutes outside of sussex and he's got a little stream out in the back 40 there he's got the few acres and fuck you know like i say it's like pretty fucking cool now i i wouldn't dig the fact that it's small town life would close in on me a little bit right because i'm used to living here i've lived in toronto for 25 years and yeah. in los angeles for a few so i don't it'd be a little shocking to try to to actually live there again yeah i get
0: but. like um get uh, antsy
1: yeah like uh, i love going days. out for a couple of weeks even i don't mind a couple of weeks because i can play golf a lot and, yeah. and catch up with everybody i got all kinds of family. but it's
0: good to know you can go back to the oh like, absolutely i like the city man i uh i was i was always i i didn't want to be in the city mm-hmm. like because i came from a small town and then i remember i went to school in uh, london ontario and i was like this is big enough right and then uh from there i got the job of ctv so i was like I, I got. I started out in Scarborough, and I'm like, I don't need to be in the city. And then I bought a house out in the suburbs, and yeah, uh, gave it's that, nice to be in that it, to the wife. It's nice done. to
1: be somewhere where a nice evening out doesn't have to be the Olive Garden, you know? Yeah, you know, like like that's one thing that sucks about. You know, yeah, small town life in New Brunswick. A nice dinner, the fuck, Olive Garden. Dude. Well, and they, have, they actually have a couple of really cool places to go eat, but that's just a couple, right? Mm-hmm. Like they've got this. There's a place the Gremindels, um, This family has this amazing Bavarian German mm-hmm. place out in the out in the middle of fucking nowhere.
0: I hate eating at places that have a commercial.
1: Right, like I just. It's a good. Well, it's my buddy who wants to talk golf. Can I make a golf date really quick? <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, bud, listen, I'm on a podcast right now.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. Call me when you're
1: done. I we we got choices. It's Rob Nickerson, everybody. Th- thanks, pal. I'll call you in a half hour Rob or so. Rob Nickerson. Okay, bye. <laughs> He's my ATM on the golf course. Like it's just a fucking automatic win. He's just so terrible. I'm not very good at golf, but I'm better than Rob. It's the old—you don't have to run faster than the bear. Yeah, just
0: <laughs> faster than someone else. I don't
1: have to par the golf course. Yeah. I just have to not shoot 103. Did um? Did you golf growing up? No, I p- I kept playing pickup basketball all my life. Yeah, and which I'm paying for now. My hips and. And oh my knees are my shot knees, from lacrosse. My knees are bad because I played on the pavement through my twenties yeah. and thirties. Right? Oh, lacrosse is the worst. And yeah,
0: I remember in hockey, my dad. My dad was a hockey dad, and he always made sure, like I, all my equipment was um, handed down from. I had two older brothers, um, but skates. He always made sure I had the best skates. Yeah, and, that's, well, footwear is everything. Yeah, no matter what you're. playing. But he at. didn't give two shits about lacrosse, so he didn't know right. fuck all about running shoes. So like right. I, I played for I think. 15, 17 years of my life on just garbage shoes. Right, running on cement. My that's, knees are fucked. That's
1: where you put all your money mm-hmm. into, the, into your footwear. Yeah, you know, know. it doesn't. You can fucking rip a pair of jeans apart for your shorts, but you mm-hmm. just got to make sure you got some good shoes on.
0: Yeah, that was uh,
1: never the never the thing. Always shitty shoes. <laughs> what can you do? I had the uh, the Adidas Superstars when we were in high school. The shell toes? The shell toes. I, I, st- I, I those wear still, those until they those fall are, off. And those then are I, still beauties. Yeah, they're
0: the most yeah. comfortable shoe I've ever worn. I love those. You never golfed as a kid, eh?
1: No, not until, well, I mean, like, just for a piss-up weekend at Fundy National Park with my brother and my dad, right? Mm -hmm. Because they they were always really good, and I would come out for the fuck-around. But then then probably when I was about uh, 40, getting into my 40s, and I couldn't really play pickup ball anymore because I'm just an injury waiting to happen. So then I started, then my brother got me to fix my hockey grip, and I got a golf grip, and I bought my first set of clubs, and I started to chisel the, the stroke's down. So I was probably shooting 105 when I started, and now I can shoot 85. So, I, I golfed more bad.
0: when I was a kid than I do now. Like I, I haven't golfed. I've been divorced 10 years. The last person I golfed with was my wife. Wow, and I was just like, it was one of those. Well, this is your thing now, eh? And I just kind of just yeah. walked away from it. But I still got clubs are sitting on the rafters of my dad's garage. Probably got a
1: <laughs> couple couple layers of dust on them. But it's a uh, it's a great game. It's just stupid difficult, and that's what draws people to it. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to uh, to be very good at it. You mm-hmm. know, like you know, we've got a buddy Hempstead who's who's just fucking like basically a professional. Yeah, like, to watch him swing the club is just enough to make you wanna. Give up the game, right? Yeah, because,
0: see, and that's the thing, like, I, um, I'm sure Dave wouldn't want me to go golfing with
1: him, you know? Well, if you golf with Dave, you'd have to know just to be ready when it's your turn, to shut up when it's his turn, uh, don't walk in his line on the green. No, you know, I know, you know the etiquette the, of the, golf. But, the, but. Then, then no problem. You can shoot 125 if you know how to do that and not be slowing anyone down or be in anyone's way, you can golf with anybody. Like, my dad and brother taught me that it doesn't matter if you're no good. Just be, when it's your turn, be ready. And uh, that kind of thing. And uh, fuck, you can play with anybody, man. You ever play pub golf? I don't think so. My buddy's girlfriend organized it one time. It was
0: uh, nine different bars, um, nine different drinks. And it was like, your par was like, if you got a pint, Mm -hmm. a pint's like a par five. So how many drinks it takes you to finish your drink? Oh, okay. Um, I'm doing a lot
1: of hole-in-ones, it sounds like.
0: But I went, and so every, each bar had a different drink. Yeah. And so you had to go here, and she'd like organize it so, like, you go to this Irish pub, and it was a pint of Guinness, like, right. shit, like that. And so, um, vomiting
1: nine, is a triple bogey. Yeah, I nine,
0: nine bars. I, uh, I, I shot a nine that day. So wow.
1: <laughs> it was, uh, I was having a time. He was on his game. But
0: we all dressed up like old timey golfers and everything, <laughs> and right. like went out. We, we even had clubs. Like everyone brought like a putter or some shit. Like, not a, not a good thing to be swinging around after a few drinks. <laughs> Um so uh how are, were you a good student?
1: Not really. Not really? No, I got just by. Often distracted. The sports helped I got, I got held back twice in junior high. Oh, really? I, I failed grade eight and then I failed grade nine and not because I wasn't smart enough because I was, just a, oh, I was just a little fucker and mom and dad are getting divorced and I was going through all that. And i was looking back, looking back on it's simple enough to see what's going on. I'm just being a little rebellious fucker and mm-hmm. they held me back just to spite me, I think more or less, but I'm, I don't get me wrong. I failed those grades. <laughs> grade Grade nine.
0: I failed. Grade nine was the first year we didn't have junior high. We had, we had elementary school and then high school. And high school was the first time you had, like, individual classes, where your grades, where, like, elementary school, it's you either passed or you failed. But high school, oh, yeah, then you, high school you could yeah, fail individual classes. Of course. My first year of high school, I failed, um, I think, uh, five out of the eight classes I had. Wow. Um, and so I only passed three. And they just gave me all my credits, and they're like, just fucking go. Right. Like they were just Eddie Shacking me, just yeah. getting rid of me. Because like it was the same time I was going through my parents just yeah. split up. I was living with my mom. She had no fucking authority. And I just
1: the only reason I got through high school is because of sports. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't pass, you don't play.
0: Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I I I stopped playing like once I got to high school. That's when I stopped giving a shit about the sports. Right? Because just I'm getting high every day, getting drunk. You know, like eh, stop giving a fuck.
1: Oh, I did it all. We played sports and got high.
0: Yeah, well, I remember, uh, it was Pee Wee Hockey, I had to re- fucking write an apology letter to my team, me and two two guys had to re- read them in the dressing rooms for getting drunk um, the night before a 6 a.m. practice. Right. So we showed right. up at 6 a.m. practice just laughing. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And uh, the coach, like, kicked us off the ice, and we had to, like, write apology letters and shit. <laughs> coach is my uncle, too, that son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So you get through school, did you go to college? Just for a cup of coffee, went to a community college for broadcasting, radio and TV, <coughs> and then I, uh, then I uh, did a stand-up contest. Oh, I forgot to ask you uh,
0: an important thing about your um, adolescent years. Mm. Were you getting some pussy or what? What's going on? Were you a yeah, ladies' man?
1: Eventually, yeah. Once uh, once the varsity sports kicked in, and that helped a lot. So mm-hmm. by high school, you yeah. know what I mean. I wasn't early. I wasn't an early adopter, mm-hmm. but I got there. Do you have steady girls? Yeah. yeah. Like Yeah, I had a few different girlfriends. A couple yeah. And then I had a few stretches where I just kinda ran the roads a little bit. <laughs> so, thinking back, it's like uh it was a lot of crazy times, a lot of fun, you know. Mhm. We made but, our own fun. We had to make our own oh, fun. Oh, bush right. parties, man! Small yeah, town bush parties, the, back by the river, you yeah, know, yeah. over the over the hill by the river.
0: Bonfire, take girl for a walk in the woods. That oh, kind of thing! God, you know, I miss those
1: days. Martin head going out the head.
0: <laughs> Is it weird to miss fingering high school girls? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that's weird. I no, think that's no, no. Natural <laughs> that you would <laughs> fondness, fond memories.
0: Uh, so you go to broadcasting school, Ian? Did you? Did I you, went to Thunder Bay. Oh, so you moved to Ontario for that?
1: Yeah, I went to Thunder Bay to, uh, went to Confederation College in Thunder Bay for uh, about a year and then uh, entered a So You Think You're Funny contest, and I I won that. Where was the contest? In Thunder Bay at a bar. Okay. uh, At Friday's Lounge. And uh, I won that contest and then said, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So I quit college and quit my job. I had a job at a radio station already. I was working at CJLB in Thunder Bay doing the graveyard shift.
0: They got a, a, Thunder Bay's got their first comedy club back there. Or, or I don't know if they ever had an actual comedy club, but they have a, they have a club there now. Like hmm. Pew went, or this weekend he's going. Right.
1: Crickets in Thunder Bay. Crickets. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> we needed a cricket on the scene. Yeah. So that was a popular decision with mom after the student loans all in place and everything. And I say, no, I'm quitting all that. Plus I already had a gig. And quit it all and moved here. What did your parents think about that? Mum was not happy. No, I'm going to be a comedian. This is 1985, and it's not something people do. There was only how 30- old are you at this time? 19. There's only 30 or 40 comics in the whole country, if that.
0: There's 30 or 40 comics on this block right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like right.
1: So it wasn't popular, but I but I knew in my heart that I could do it. So. I did. I eventually ended up in Montreal. I was coming back from a Christmas break and I stopped in Montreal to visit some friends going to McGill. And I saw in the Gazette that they had a club called the Comedy Nest. I'm like, oh, look at this. So I phoned the Nest and Ernie Butler answered. And uh, I said, you know, I've done stand-up a few times. And uh, he said, come on down, I'll put you on. That was Friday night. Sold out. Two shows sold out Friday. And they needed warm bodies on the stage so bad that just any random caller can get a spot. And I went up two sets that Friday, did okay. Ernie said, what's your plan? I said, I'm on my way back to Toronto to do amateur nights at Yucks. And they're telling me it'll take me a few months to get off amateur night, but that seems to be the thing I have to do. And Ernie said, just stay here and I'll put you up five times a week. It won't take you months. And so then I stayed and I lived at a frat house on McGill campus and went up every night starting. and, And within nine months I was headlining. At the Nest. I got I got uh, five uh, five pending emails. I'm waiting for them to get back. <laughs>
0: Over
1: the, uh,
0: every couple of months, I send them a little reminder that they don't like to respond to. It. <laughs> but you're just hey, I did I did stand up twice. Let's uh, get me on stage. That's fuck
1: the golden back, years. Back then, it was you know it was a different time, right? Like they we they needed they needed people. Mm-hmm. I mean, within nine months of starting, I was opening for Sam Kennison at Club Soda. Yeah, were you making money? Like good money? Uh, well, for somebody that's just turned to 20 years old, it was, seemed like amazing money. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Cause I'm, I, I'm living at a frat house. I got a room at a frat house that I'm only paying 150 bucks a month for. <laughs> so it was, uh, I had no overhead. The club feeding you too every night? Well, a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. But mostly, you know, like I was probably making just three or 400 bucks a week, but that's plenty of money. Mm-hmm. When you when you're just when you don't really have any expenses, really. If I was
0: twenty right now, I could live off that.
1: Yeah, like that's it. When you're when you're when your little room is you know, piece of shit rooms, one hundred and fifty bucks, and you've got a lot of wiggle room to not worry about it, right? So, you know, like back then, I remember middling. You could make three or four hundred bucks for the weekend to middle, or maybe two or three hundred bucks to MC or stuff like that, you know. So, and then pretty soon I was headlining within within a couple of years I was pretty much headlining all the time so that was that's how des- just in Montreal or no, you- all over yeah. that's how desperate they were that they needed people cuz the the scene was exploding but they didn't have enough guys right and, mm-hmm. and women obviously so um Breslin saw me open for Sam and this was about 9 months into it um Mark came up to Montreal to see Sam and I opened and uh, afterwards he came he approached me and said well you're ready to hit the road for me now so then he sent me on there, and then I did then I did the road for yucks for probably I don't know seven eight nine ten years and then we all left it on mass at one point. Yeah, what, what happened us. there? Well, it's just we were just getting we didn't like the treatment we were getting, at, you know, from the chain and mm-hmm. just sort of had a few meetings and said, hey, why don't we just go to the Laugh Resort and make that our, our place, right? And it was we. What were, about the other cities that already had yucks? Like, how, were the well, Yux we all spread out? Oh or? yeah, sure. But all those cities still had other clubs too. A lot, a lot of them, yeah. yeah. There was a, there was an alternative scene that we could bolster. Mm-hmm. We saw it. We said, "Look, we can do this, 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 that place, this place. We can create something there. We can create something there. We can do our own fucking shows there. That kind of stuff, right?" So we all just did, and and uh, it was really fun. Uh, it was one of my most favorite times of my whole career. We we were we were broke as shit, but we were really having a good time. Yeah, and we were really getting good at stand up. Like it was it was a lot of great great talented people, right? It was Brent Budd and Eric Tunney and Mark Farrell mm-hmm. and Brian Hart and people that really really were striving to do something good. And you're and coming
0: in at a time where the old like the older guys, did they did they like like they invite you in? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mostly there was a good community. yeah. Because it was a time that that time I, I picture there was a definite
1: shift of how stand up was done. Like
0: the old, well, it was the old hacky, like. well, it was
1: evolving for <laughs> yeah. sure because, but I mean, even those older dudes, those original guys like uh, Howard Busgang and Howard Nemitz and Pat Bullard and Horowitz and Glenn Foster and Vaudry, those guys, they were doing good shit. Mm-hmm. My first memories of seeing all those guys were like, wow, these guys are fucking good at this, man. And then over time, it, it evolves, and Norm Macdonald comes along, and, and Mike Macdonald was the most powerful act in the whole world. Uh, when I started doing stand-up in the mid-'80s, man, there was nobody in the world. Mm-hmm. That and could, he's older than you are. Yeah, yeah. he's like 60 now. Right? He's, a, he's a bit older than me, yeah. But, I mean, he, he, was, he was more powerful live act than Leno or Carlin. -hmm. And I was, I bore witness to that. I feel like I should write a chapter of the Bible of comedy because I was there. I saw, I saw Jesus turn the loaves and fish, man. It was Mm -hmm. fucking amazing. He was, he was like a locomotive just out of control. It was just amazing.
0: Was he, uh, how long did he stay in Canada?
1: Well, he would always be going down and back and he always had an American career going. When's
0: your first, uh, Moved to LA, your first?
1: I went down there with my uh, then-girlfriend, who was an actor, and she got her visa sorted. So the clock started to tick on that immediately. So we said, fuck it. And we loaded up the Ford LTD and bombed out, bombed out there. How without old Without a you? pot to piss in. I was 30. Uh, 30? 30? Okay. Yeah. So you were already
0: established as a comic then. Right. I okay. was
1: about 10 years into doing stand-up, so the, the, the idea of going to LA wasn't a bad idea for me. Mm-hmm. Might as well try that and uh then you get out there and i started to uh you know i got an agent pretty easily and i started to get spots and stuff and and she really struggled so that was hard on us you know what i mean how long were you with this girl a few years did you have a lot of serious relationships throughout this uh yeah a couple a couple of five-year chunks in
0: there yeah it's always hard to maintain a relationship and do this
1: well the you, your partner's going to have to understand what kind of circus that you that you're in, right? Mm-hmm. That you've you've ran off and joined the circus, and if they understand that, then you're all yeah. set.
0: But like, like, like Kira, she completely understands why. Right, I, like my I wife, go
1: out on a Monday night to fucking tell jokes yeah. for no money. To my my wife totally gets it. She's she sort of works in the business too. She works in TV and radio, so she mm-hmm. understands that the, mm-hmm. the nature of Daddy's, but must dad, have been, daddy's got a show tonight let's just give him a little space and that's
0: that's tough too like uh we, 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 you're with an actress mm-hmm. who um mm-hmm. she's
1: struggling and you're doing good well i wasn't killing it but i was i had some things that were starting to happen and, 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 she, and she, she was did. struggling and that was hard on us because this sort of feeling of competitiveness or whatever however you want to call it whatever it is it's it's a rub right? and, and what happened to her she lives in Vancouver, I think. I think she's fine. Yeah, she, she, she was really, did she keep acting? Yeah. I, I saw her like a couple times in different things, like, uh, movies of the week and stuff. Yeah. 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 She, she was really talented and beautiful. So, you know, it's a, that fucking place to watch somebody so talented and mm-hmm. so fucking beautiful, not be able to, uh, get arrested is just so <laughs> disheartening. Right. But that's the, that's the deep end of the ocean out there, man. You know, that's the LA that you've all heard about. Mm-hmm. right that's hollywood baby and and it's beautiful it's beautiful in and it's poisonousness because you can just smell the fucking money in the air as soon as you get off the plane right yeah. it's just it's the deep end of the ocean and everybody you've ever heard of is there like when you get to the audition and you get to the waiting room and you go jesus <laughs> oh yeah that guy doesn't have a gig right now that famous motherfucker doesn't have a gig so he's here and that's uh, it's tough you know yeah
0: um this uh this is your first trip then you did two trips yeah right? yeah that was
1: my first time and, and I, I, I and I stayed a couple of years then and then I went back then I went back years later and did it a little bit more on my own terms with more with more of a bankroll and and you know what I mean
0: like w- why do you come back like you were down there for a couple of years you just things dry up and you just yeah, well you know
1: you're you're kicking the can and mm-hmm. you're doing like I had great representation. Uh, I was with Paradigm, this really great agency who has people like Bette Midler and James Woods, people like that. They've Mm -hmm. got a real roster of super talent and then a whole bunch of people like me that they're trying to turn into something, right? So it's like a boutique agency but powerful one, the kind of that can kick a door in for you, right? Mm -hmm. And then I had a really great manager, um, this dude I was his only white client. He had like 10 black guys and me. (laughs) So I I thought that was great. I was the only white dude. I was the token white guy on his roster and and he was awesome and so between my manager and the agency they got me into all the rooms they got me on all the stages they put me in front of all the people that you need to be in front of mm-hmm. and so it, there's a certain uh, peace of mind to that now that i'm older and i'm back here i can say hey fuck i took a run at it and that's the way it went right yeah, yeah. so so there's no i don't have to sit on my front porch and, yeah, and, and wa- i don't have to wonder i know what happened i was there and it was great it was a great run i had buzz i had heat You know, I was the hot guy in town for a while, different times, you know what I mean? So what brought you back? Uh, Gigs here. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what happens chase the money. Well, you know what happens in Canada. If you're living in LA, they start to blow you now. Yeah, suddenly, yeah. right? When I was up here, and I, nobody wanted to give you anything, and then, but now you're in LA. All of a sudden, oh, he's in LA, mm-hmm. and suddenly gigs start to come, and and job opportunities start to happen. So then, next thing you know, I I just fell into some great jobs that I couldn't walk away from. I worked at Twenty Two Minutes for four seasons, and now the Rick Mercer Report for fourteen more. So that's that's twenty fucking years that goes by.
0: Well, what's your uh your second second trip down to la then
1: the second time i went down like how,
0: how how many years did you come back for before you went oh
1: so i come back from the first one and then, and then it's probably uh quite a few years and then i go back and like uh, i went back in 1999 98 99 right around there i think 2000 something like that and and stayed for two and a half years and uh and that time, again, really got close to some big things. Like uh, ABC TV offered me a holding deal that seemed like a lot of money to me. But by the time Paradigm and my manager sat me down and crunched the numbers with me, and they, they explained it was a shitty deal, and they didn't want to have me tied to ABC for a whole year mm-hmm. with no guarantee of getting on TV, basically it wasn't a really good deal. So I turned down... <sighs> I said no to a check that just seems mind-boggling now but once you but once you pay everybody that you have to pay and all that kind of thing and the yeah. tax man and all that shit it was going to be you know a real kind of not a big you know like basically the way m- my manager Adam put it to me he said did you get into show business to make what a teacher makes yeah <laughs> <laughs> and but, the, but the main thing was it was going to tie me to ABC for a whole calendar year and they wouldn't be able to send me out for anything else and I I just thought, fuck that, let's go for it, right? So we turned down the holding deal, and we went to everybody, right? And I had meetings everywhere, and got close to some parts on sitcoms and stuff like that.
0: Was it your first trip down? Uh, you uh, you got a couple callbacks for friends.
1: Yeah, that was the first time, way back, when I was much younger then, like, when I was 30, right? And I looked 23 when I was 30. I was a real baby face. Mm -hmm. So I was going out for parts. When I was 30, 31 out there, I was going out for 20-something parts a lot. So, uh, yeah, I got a couple of callbacks for, um. Chandler? Chandler. And then, and it was funny because, uh, when you go out for Chandler, the waiting room is filled with a certain level of good-looking dudes. Okay, But then they called me back for Joey, and the, the breakdown for Joey is, gorgeous idiot. And when you go in for the gorgeous idiot, you look like a fucking mutt face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you what, <laughs> oh my God. When I went in for Joey and looked around the waiting room, I'm like, sweet, Jesus, I'm an ugly fucking man. Did you know,
0: like, uh, you were uh, uh, obviously against Matthew Perry. Who else was in that? Uh, oh, there Jonathan was a,
1: Silverman was yes, in Yes, Silverman, and there was a kid from New York City who was um, a really good. Funny young stand-up. He's, you told me this. So the guy yeah, from, his name escapes me. Uh,
0: He's guy from Dazed and Confused, right? The guy that I would just want to dance, that guy? No,
1: no, no, not him. A different kid. You'd know him. It's a guy who's done Just for Laughs a lot. He's a real funny stand-up. And he, was, he did the New York accent bit. Yeah, that, so he was crushing. I remember being in the waiting room once and hearing his audition and he was going with the New York accent mm-hmm. and it was fucking killer funny. And I obviously didn't mess with that. I just played it. I played it straight down Main Street and they liked the way I did it too. And it came down to, uh, I think I was close to the semifinals because it was one of the callbacks. There was only five of us and it was Perry. That, Perry, Perry was the best actor. Did you know him? like Only through uh, watching. Through this or? Uh, through that and then watching football at Barney's Beanery. We'd run into each other because he's a
0: Canadian too. Yeah, right?
1: and he's a real good shit. So one time at Barney's, we were watching football and, and we had a few beers together, and you know he's a real nice guy. And he was the best actor. They just went with the best actor at the end of the day. Yeah, like uh, me and the Italian kid from New York, we were we were crushing it with nailing the punchlines, but Perry was better at the pathos and the you know and those mm-hmm. those more those the very special episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, do you like? Did you watch Friends? Sure, everyone Friends. Sure, not religiously, but uh, yeah, I've seen it. Tons. But
0: like, does something like that does that irk you that you were that close or no? It's you very just encourage- let it roll No, off no,
1: her- no, it's very encouraging because the whole time the people that you are reading for they're they're you got to understand these are superstar world class people who are doing world class things. Mm-hmm. So they treat you like gold. You get respect. And uh, you know what I mean. And, and they,
0: if you do good, say you don't get this part. they're well, going to a- keep.
1: That's the main speech you get mm-hmm. on every exit. Is you know, Tim, this didn't. You know, this we really appreciate your time, and this didn't work out, but we're really going to keep you top of the list for things that are coming down the pike. You know, so mm-hmm. so you end up getting into the rotation. You know, mm-hmm. and um, it, there's a system, right? It's 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 Hollywood. So there's a system, and once you're in there and you're in in that system, it's it's exciting because you know that. At any moment we can turn this boat around fast right yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no gradual fucking shit that happens out there everything needs to be done yesterday so that's that's really what's the most shocking to canadian canadians that go out there is it's just the, pretty much the opposite of what we deal with up here yeah which is everything takes three fucking years to develop and then it never happens right mm-hmm. down there man it happens like last week we need it yesterday let's go mm-hmm. what's your personal life like down there like you you living all right you're living in a, yeah like well a, I, living it, like a, a college kid still or no like the second time out like i say i had i had big boy money a little bit by the second time out mm-hmm. right because i had i had worked at 22 minutes for a few seasons so i had some cash Mm -hmm. so i had a nice little apartment in west hollywood and i had a nice little rent-a-car so it was was, and i could go out for a go out for ribs once in a while like the first time i was living out there oh my god man i'd have to get my brother to shoot me a 100 canadian into my bank account and i'd be able to buy groceries for the fucking week you know it was like that it was desperately bad you know but the second time out it was more like it was nice because i had enough money that i could i could go out and see a band once in a while or something like that or whatever Mm -hmm. And, and uh you know, have keep have your a girl have, happy. Yeah, have a little social life. You know what I mean. I was single then too, so okay. that was fun. But it's hard, fucking hard to get laid in LA, man.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Especially as the unemployed comic. Yeah. Right, I'm not the producer, man.
0: I remember uh, it wasn't. I was down in Miami, and I uh, I said hi to this girl, and first question she asked me was, "What kind of car do you drive?" <laughs> <laughs> right, and I was like, "I." <laughs> well, you got to admire the honesty. Well, I had driven. I had driven down there in a fucking an 88 G- diesel jetta and i'm like hey, i got a diesel jetta a nice diesel jetta back in my
1: hotel and they just like turn and walk away I'm yeah. like, all right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but i like i like living in la it's uh you know it's cali baby it's beautiful mm-hmm. it's fucking 72 and sunny so you,
0: you come home the first time you get a job with 22 minutes
1: yeah
0: um did you do any on on camera
1: stuff or you just all no no just just and just wrote for them just writing and yeah. then um how that started was at the at the Gemini Awards I co-hosted a industry night of the Geminis one year with Eric Tunney was the uh, the host and he threw to me on the floor to give out a few awards and to mess with some of the the big names and shit. And so, uh, Yvonne Fassan was in the crowd and I didn't oh, even my know. old boss. Yeah. I didn't even know who Dude was. I was so young and naive. So I messed with him and, uh, the 22 people thought that was great. And so after that show, they, they sort of, uh, approached me and said, Hey, we thought that Michael Donovan came out to me and said, I thought that was very dangerous and hilarious. Why don't you come to our after party upstairs? And I said, sure. And, uh, that's when I met Mr. Burns, right? And, and I like, right on. This is going to be great. So when upstairs and uh and got to know those guys and sort of started to pitch myself as hey i'd love to come out and work for you dudes i remember the first time i said that to rick mercer he said you don't want to come out to halifax and write for us and i said i don't think you understand the state of stand-up in this country man (laughs) so then i forgot all about it a few months went by and then uh i guess about six or eight months later i had forgotten all about it and the phone rang out of the blue and uh 22 said why don't you come out and try it out for a Few weeks and, and what, what years this? How long has that left. show been going? It's been on the air for 23 seasons, I believe. Yeah, yeah 23, 24, something like that. Yeah.
0: Was Rick on the start of it? Like, oh yeah, yeah. It
1: was Rick, Mary, Kathy, and Greg, right? Okay. And that was the original four. So, and they were not really a troop; mm-hmm. they were four individuals, but they really made a nice show together. That's for sure.
0: And then you go, so you you write for them for a few years, and you go back to L.A. Yeah. Um, when's, when's the Mercer start, Mercer report start?
1: Uh, it was like uh, a few years later, Rick, Rick left 22 and I, I left the same time and it sort of had, there was a bit of a change over at 22. I went out West and then I guess two or three years later, I heard my Canadian agent said, you know, Rick's going to have a new project. And I always st- thought he left 22 minutes to start the Mercer report. No, he, he, first thing, first thing he did was made in Canada. And he produced two or three or four seasons of Made in Canada. And then Mercer Report. And so when my agent heard that he was going to have a new project, we got in touch with them, and I wrote a few pages and sent it in just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, they sort of put out this thing on a, on the CBC website saying, you know, new satirical political show starting and we need monologue-style jokes if you want to pitch, right? Mm-hmm. So I just went through the process. And uh, and
0: you were in L.A. at this time?
1: No, I'd come back. Okay. So I just uh, put together a couple of pages. And I knew I had some good advantages because I knew Rick's opinions about certain people. Mm-hmm. And so I took the shit out of them took the piss out of them hard. Right. Like yeah. I knew Rick hated certain politicians and some of them, even some beloved ones that you wouldn't suspect. And so I, I knew who to take the piss out of hard. I sent my, put my two pages of jokes into a nice giant fruit basket with, um, sweets on one side and bath salts and shit on the other side, <laughs> you know, like, you know, a, a nice, uh, so yeah, just I went full L.A. style on it. Yeah. Got the big hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> fucking fruit basket, stuck the jokes into the middle, and and delivered it to the CBC and got hired. Um, were you friends with Rick, or did he just knew you from twenty well, minutes? We were friends because of working at twenty two for a few years for okay. sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, and and. uh and uh, his partner Gerald and I have always been buddies too. He's a big sports guy, so I've, I've always loved watching sports with Jerry. And mm-hmm. yeah, those guys are amazing, man. They really run like like anybody. At the Mercer Report would tell you they just run the most professional, world class fucking shop. It's just so it's, awesome.
0: Um, I Rick Mercer probably has the best job in Canadian showbiz.
1: Well, he's I the just, guy for it too, man. Like yeah. he's really good at it. He knows. He knows how to hit his brand, just yeah, so he, like, perfect.
0: Because um, I watched the show. I yeah. haven't watched since I got. Uh, I don't have a, my antenna doesn't work anymore in my new right. place. But I used to have uh, the rabbit ears could pick up the CBC in my old sure, apartment. Sure. And uh, every Tuesday, I'd watch Mercer and then walk over to the Eaton's <laughs> <laughs> <All right, laughs> for uh, Joanna's old show in there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I always just loved his banter with. Um, like anyone he's with, you're like doing these little
1: Yeah, he's really good with people, man. Yeah. Like his bedside manner with his fans is just so amazing. You mm-hmm. know, he's just really genuine dude. He's just he like people ask me, you know, what's he like and I'll, I always just laugh and say, you know. <laughs> if you watch the <laughs> you show that's you if you watch the show then you know Rick Mercer.
0: You've been writing on that for the
1: entire spin, fourteen, 14 seasons. Fourteen fucking seasons. Next year next year will be fifteen.
0: When you start writing on that, do you really step back from the stand-up? Or did you try to keep going like hard at both for a while? Well,
1: I try to keep the stand up balloon in the air, but it's hard when we're full time. Mm -hmm. But you just try to keep, you just try to get up when you can just to keep the rust off, right? And then in the off season, I try to get up more and more and develop new minutes in the off season so that if opportunities come up, I've got Mm -hmm. new minutes, right? And you meet your wife at the, she works for CBC? Is that where you meet her? No, we met at a uh, comedy writing conference that I was on a panel. I was on this, uh, panel at uh, Ryerson with other comedy people it was basically a workshop for the students to ask us questions and that kind of thing and uh Sonia approached me after that and said you, you know you write for the Mercer Report and I'm like yeah and she said oh I've got a podcast and I really love to make it funny somehow could you know could you what uh- year is this <sighs> oh fuck man I want to say eight years ago okay So yeah, she wanted to make her podcast funnier, and she was. It was a science podcast, and I was on my way to the Winnipeg Festival to do a science-based gala. Mm -hmm. I had my gala was, "Will science save us?" So I said, hey, you could help me with my gala, and I'll help you with your podcast. So we went out to Allen's for a drink, and we never talked about the podcast or the fucking show in Winnipeg. (laughs) (laughs) We were like an hour in, and she goes, we're not going to talk science, are we? And I go, fuck, no, we're not talking science. That patio at Allen's is a magical place. (laughs) Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, it didn't take us long after that to, uh, we got married pretty quick after that. How quick did you get married? I don't know, probably a year later. A year later? Yeah, something like that.
0: And your kid is Four, five?
1: Six. Six. Yeah. Just so turned just six. Boom, boom, boom. It's crazy, man, how... Things time, turn around, Time hey? flies, man. Mm. Holy shit. Time yeah. flies. Fucking... Right?
0: One minute you're in LA, and next you're back here. You marrying a woman, buying a house, having a kid—just
1: bang, 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 bang. And
0: she's a lot younger than you, isn't she?
1: Ten years. Ten years—that's. A... I thought I had to do that. I had to go Michael Douglas on it because yeah. I was getting up there. <laughs> so
0: eight years ago, you would have been uh, your mid forties, then, right? Yeah,
1: we got married when I was forty-five and she was thirty-five. Okay, so seven years ago. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. it's an adventure. It, you know, we feel overwhelmed half the time, but it's sort of funny because my. My uh, my dad's parents raised him and his five brothers and sisters with nothing mm-hmm. in the middle of the woods in New Brunswick and I've got all the uh, everything you need and you have got I, one kid You're like, I've ah. got one kid and all the fucking resources and I'm overwhelmed half the time so I don't know man it's weird
0: I hear your wife is a very tolerant woman <laughs> I've 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 heard that about her I I never actually well, I don't she, know how I've never met your wife like I've been to your home a few times I think She's waved from the front porch. I picked you up one night.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, she's got to be, man, to be with me. I mean, we, you know, she's, yeah, she's got to have a little bit of a fuse, but we do pretty good. We don't get in too many scraps because the fur flies when we do. So we, you know, we're like two old lions laying in the sun. We're not going to fuck with each other because if we do, it's going to be too much. Yeah, I know. Like, well, like, like me and Kira, we're both, uh,
0: we're both trying to party people. Like last night she, uh, she had to go to the second city uh, Humber showcase thing. Right. And uh, she's like, it ends at 10. I'm coming home right after it. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. I'll be here. And she shows up pushing one fucking wasted. I'm like, Hey, you had a good night. Eh? Yeah. She's like, sure did. I'm like, fuck, that's great. Right. Like hey, it turned into a thing. Yeah. And um, a good thing about like her being in the comedy world is she understands that a Monday or a Tuesday can turn into something like she didn't come to my show one week. She usually comes every Wednesday and uh, one week she didn't come. And I got home at like... Pushing three in the morning, she was like, What the fuck happened? I was like, It's a good time. <laughs>
1: yeah, we went to
0: aft. Yeah. I was like, We're we're having a great time. We just all stayed out. She's like, oh, Okay, cool.
1: Like Oh man, I love aft.
0: Yeah, I um I can uh I can get into that barbecue
1: fucking anytime. Oh, they do the best. <laughs> oh, the barbecue is so <laughs> I good. She's trying to
0: get them to sponsor this goddamn. That, that'd be podcast. a great
1: idea. Sponsor the podcast because we can all talk about it. Everyone that's comes on knows <laughs> the fucking I mostly like doing your show because of aft. I don't give a fuck about doing 15 minutes in front of all those stoners i want to get to aft the best
0: fuck you went on a five minute rant about pulled pork sandwiches one night just fucking everybody and that goddamn fucking mother's making pulled pork and fill up my gas tank they're trying to sell me pulled pork sandwiches at the so and fuck, just went on this rant and then we went to aft we sat down you looked at the menu like i'll take the
1: pulled pork (laughs) yeah but they know how to do it they do they know how to do that shit but it's true you what in the fuck happened? When did pulled pork become everywhere?
0: It's uh, it's too much I like sriracha cooking. sauce. Yeah, that's that's, good, that's, that's getting thing. too Everything much sriracha, play. That's sriracha, getting buddy. too much play right now. I know. I remember ten years ago, the first time I had sriracha, I was like, yeah, yeah, man, whatever.
1: Right now, you can't fucking turn. You can't. <laughs> shouldn't be on my peanut butter sandwich, man. <laughs> sriracha and peanut butter. <laughs> Mm. Um, so what's uh, what's next, then? We got, well, the, we
0: got one season left of the Mercer yeah, report? Yeah,
1: I don't know, man. It's panic time. I don't know. You panicked? Or? Yeah, a little bit. I'm a little bit uh, freaked out. I mean, it sort of feels like I'm, you know, it's like, Jesus. I mean,
0: You can't just go on fucking UI
1: after a thing like that. No, hands, no, can no, you? No, 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 no. There's a few different ways to go. I'm going to get my old one visa sorted. So, so you so can that, shoot down there? And, yeah, so that I, I can dip a toe in the States again. I've still got my reps down there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't think they'd be sending me for 20-something stuff anymore. But, you know, but maybe I could get some stand-up opportunities and that kind of thing. So basically looking to become a comedian again and make that my main thing. Reinvention. Yeah, because as a writer, I've sort of had a lot of great success. And I'd like to have more success as a Mm stand-up. Well, I've seen seen you, um, like,
0: when you're rusty, like, Mm -hmm. coming off the end of the – the right. season Mercer report. You haven't been on stage in a while. Yeah, um, it's you know it's it's good. <laughs> but yeah. then I've seen you when you're fucking at it, and when you get at it, you can uh, you can really light it up. Oh, so thanks, man. I'm, uh, I'm. It's
1: my favorite thing to do. I mean, and it's what I'm best at. Mm-hmm. It's definitely what I'm best at. Yeah, I'm, it's just it sucks that. Oh well, especially in Canada, it don't fucking pay the bills. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. It's, unless you're one of those ten or fifteen people you know we can name them in one or two hands unless you're some of those cats then it's really tough you know yeah yeah
0: yeah well, we uh we're gonna make you one of those cats again buddy no oh, that'd be great put your back on top of that fucking list <laughs> <laughs>
1: that'd be awesome
0: mm-hmm. um but i don't know
1: that's been about an hour you got anything that's, else you want to say jeez i don't know i uh that was, that was pretty good. Your yeah. little Barbara Walters being a little bit <laughs> It was nice that we didn't just talk about like censorship and comedy and the usual horse shit. This was nice. Did
0: you wanna talk about censorship? Yeah. I think I think I don't care. I think everything's I'm
1: gonna do my own thing. I I,
0: I, I hate having to walk on eggshells, man. I Yeah, hate... well
1: I sorta of don't. I just do my thing yeah, the well, way I've I... always done it. I I've never been considered a real dirty act mm-hmm. i just do my thing the way i do it i want to be funny you i know? i've never been called
0: out on like i'm very politically incorrect uh, like my, a lot of my act is it's very misogynistic and everything but nobody ever calls me out because i think i think generally they know it's just a fucking just these are, these are jokes someday. yeah they're jokes and i'm right. not a right. hateful person in my real life right but i don't know maybe who knows i, I i'll eventually step on some toes i'm sure of course, but the more exposed you get, the more fucking scrutinized you Everything
1: get. Everything goes through; it's cyclical too, right? We're just going through a stage where it's mm-hmm. sort of fucked up, and it'll swing back the other yeah, way. You again.
0: can't, uh, you can't call women girls anymore that's the new thing (laughs) i'm not a girl i'm a woman right really fuck off
1: sure
0: (laughs) i'm a boy you're a girl calm the fuck down it's not it it doesn't have to be an issue
1: jeff paul's opinions are his own
0: (laughs) can't call homeless people bums anymore for fuck's sakes (laughs) they are um what, what would you call that uh Shelterly challenge. Shelter challenge. <laughs> Shelter challenge.
1: That's hilarious.
0: I saw these homeless people in Vancouver. That's there's a lot of homeless people out there. Yeah, and they're, I saw a guy like fucking sleeping on the street in a sleeping bag reading a novel. Like, wow. We don't get that in Toronto. Man. Wow. <laughs> no, no novel. homeless person's picking up a book in this city. Novel reading homeless guy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And he wasn't asking for anything. you just feet up and got my sleeping
1: bag, got my book.
0: Um. But thanks, yeah, th-
1: thanks for having me,
0: man. Hey, man, I'm fucking very excited you uh, finally came in. Yeah, uh, we've been doing this dance for a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, it wasn't so bad, eh? It's great. It's fun. Your um, your first experience on the potato files. Potato files. I um, I'm just gonna wrap this thing up. Uh, w- you can tell the people where they can find you.
1: Well, I like to go to uh, your show on yeah. Open Mic. Uh, I like the Open Mic. I like the uh, I like the Propin. We're gonna go do yeah, that later.
0: open tonight. Um, where what's your what's your uh, handle on the old internet? There,
1: you can check me out at my website, TimSteve's.ca. You can Tim Steve's Twitter. You know? I saw you joined Instagram too. I guess so. I don't use it ever. I should. <laughs> I should. I should, I should start fucking with it a little yeah, bit.
0: Start taking some pics. God
1: damn it! There's <laughs> you, a lot to try to keep up with is, these young people. man. This, this is today, the man. fucking
0: world you live in, man. There's, I know. You, you gotta have. You gotta be on top of seven different social medias. And I know. Like it's. It's. Not funny anymore. It's views and fucking likes. And yeah, it's, exactly. It's, yeah, it's a fucked up world. But um, if, it's overwhelming. If we want to be in it, we got to adapt. Yeah, and gotta keep up. Uh, so let's go adapt. Uh, this is another episode of the Potato Files. Um, you can find me uh, Jeff Paul Comedy on all the socials and uh, check me out each and every Wednesday night at the Underground Comedy. Uh, what is that place called now? Underground Social, Social club, club and Cafe.
1: Yeah,
0: Um <laughs> you can check me out there, Dope mic every Wednesday, and uh I'm on yuck yuck stages from time to time. So uh check me out there. And uh thanks for listening and my buddy Nigel Williams is gonna take us out with the pocket dwellers. Bye bye, everybody, bye Timmy! Thanks, bud <laughs>